0: I have a few questions for you this morning to help us focus on what I want to talk about. Uh, Why did you become a Christian or a believer or a follower of Christ or whatever words you would use? Why? Uh, What did you expect or what were you looking for? What were you hoping to enter into? What kind of experience? Uh, Whatever it was, I'm going to suggest to start with this morning that it may have been way less than what God had in mind. Uh, Some people are looking for deliverance from guilt. If they can just get that, then they'll be satisfied. And uh, some people are looking for uh, fire, fire insurance or a ticket to heaven. Uh, and it's true that becoming a believer uh, does deliver us from guilt. It does bring us forgiveness. I'm not belittling that. Uh, it's also true that, that it does bring assurance of heaven. And we're grateful for that. I'm, I'm not belittling that. But I think for many people, what, what God has in mind for them as a believer, what he's inviting them into, the fullness of life he's inviting them into as children of God, is way beyond what they imagine. They, they haven't really seen it or gotten it. What if God is up to something really grand in the world? I I thought of this uh, in our Sunday school discussion. uh, I believe Delvin was the one who said something about God was at work in people's hearts, uh, and then God was at work in the, the people who went in that situation. Uh, what is God up to in the world? You know, one little nugget here you could get is that uh, one of the goals in life needs to be for each of us that we are wondering, all the time wondering, asking ourselves, what, what is it that God is up to in the world? And then we just try to get into it try to participate in it, whatever it is that he's up to. And it might be in our own hearts. What is he up to here? And then then we engage with that. I believe God redeemed and is redeeming and equipping people to participate with him in whatever it is he wants to do in the world. And, and the one thing I am very sure that God wants to do in the world is establish, well, I could say establish his kingdom of righteousness. That's one way to say it. And <clears throat> when I hear someone mentioned rock, but all over the world, the, the level of evil and unrighteousness and injustice all of that is completely opposed to the kingdom of god is completely opposed to everything that God is it's against god and Jesus came to to resist the devil to overthrow the devil in all of that kind of activity in the world and This is what we are invited into, and I'm not talking about taking up arms in carnal warfare. I'm talking about the righteousness that Christ brings to our hearts and and within the space we occupy that we live a kingdom of God kind of life. This is the work that Jesus was up to in his own life when he came. It's the work that we are called into as believers. Or We're not saved uh, just so we can uh, look pretty or smile all the time at everybody, which is a good thing to do. But uh, we're called to kingdom activity. What is that? So I want to begin here in Matthew 3 with John the Baptist and Christ. Uh, their, their introduction of, of the good news and what did it involve and what did they invite people into. And it's, it says in relation to John the Baptist and Christ that they invited people into the kingdom of heaven or into the kingdom of God. Uh, Matthew 3, 1 and 2 It says that John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, The kingdom of heaven is near uh, and is at hand has the idea of has already come. The kingdom of heaven is here. Now what, what did he mean by that? In Matthew 4, uh, verses 12 to 17, uh, speaking of Jesus, uh, it says here that his ministry fulfilled the prophecy spoken by Isaiah, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light, And to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. And from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so many places we see that Christ came to fulfill the Old Testament prophecy of the Messiah, the Messiah who will heal physically, spiritually, sickness, will establish righteousness. We see this, and I believe it would be helpful if we would just look for a little bit here in Isaiah 42, uh, where the quotation is taken from. Uh, Isaiah 42, Behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth, I have put my spirit. Upon him he shall bring forth judgment, Uh, the idea there is justice, to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment, or justice, unto truth. He shall not fail, nor be discouraged, till he have set judgment in the earth, and the owls shall wait for for his law." Thus saith God to the, the Lord, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth, and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and, the, and spirit to them that walk therein. I the Lord have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thine hand, and will keep thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles." Uh, the the invitation here is into a kingdom of righteousness, a kingdom of justice, a kingdom of uprightness. And uh, Jesus talks about what this is like. We have that in in um, the Beatitudes, of course, throughout the New Testament, and uh, in also in chapter four. Then at the end of chapter four, uh, Jesus' ministry demonstrated this kind of kingdom of God experience or life. Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, verse 23, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with divers diseases and torments, and those which were possessed with devils, and those which were lunatic, and those that had the palsy. And he healed them. Now, this was the ministry of Jesus, the good news, the gospel, gospel, good news. Jesus proclaimed the gospel of the kingdom. He not only said words that proclaimed it, he did actions that were gospel actions. Uh, What is the gospel of the kingdom? It is more than uh, I can deliver you from guilt. It's more than that. It's the good news that there is such a thing as righteousness and goodness and deliverance from the effects of evil through repentance. Repent. And it's also miraculous healing, and some of it in this life. I have seen, and you have too, I'm, I'm very sure, uh, miraculous healing of people spiritually, and I've seen some physically. Uh, but ultimately, the, the redemption, the full redemption, is in the next life. We're not looking for utopia here. And this is not getting rid of all trouble in the world and in our lives because we trust in Jesus. I'm not talking about that. But I'm talking about a gospel of the kingdom that is good news that brings righteousness into our lives and into our experience. And this is called living in the kingdom. This is kingdom of God life, a kingdom of God experience. Now... I want to talk a little bit about what is the Kingdom of God, because I'm talking about, I'm, I'm trying to talk this morning about you being invited into the Kingdom of God, and living in the Kingdom of God, and working with God to establish His Kingdom in your heart, in, in your space. What is the kingdom of God? Well, one way to think about the kingdom of God is it's the rule of God, it's the reign of God. It's—it's it's the God's kingdom is present when God's will is being done. That's when his kingdom is present. When what God wants done is done, then his kingdom is present. Righteousness is present. Righteousness is happening when God's will is being done. And people participate with God in building God's kingdom. They bring God's kingdom into the present. We bring God's kingdom into the present when we discern what it is that God wants done. And then we do it. And... This has a lot to do with the choices we make. Pardon me. <clears throat> that you know our our ability to make choices, to to discern between options. That this is one of the most godlike, created in God, God's image, characteristics of a person, the ability to make choices. Uh, actually. Uh, choices, choices, when we make choices, we create events. You think about that. You create events. You create things when you make choices. They would not exist. Things would not exist if you didn't choose and then do something. Think on that. I'm just saying that our ability to make choices is is uh, an expression of the creativity of God that He's placed in us. It's the way we make things happen, and when we are uh, discerning what is best, what is right, what is righteous, and choosing that, we are participating with God in kingdom work. This this is bringing His kingdom, His righteousness, His reign uh, to. It's establishing it in our space, in our lives, physical space. So we participate with God in building his kingdom to the extent that we discern kingdom principles. And uh, through a conscious, personal relationship with Jesus, we we have this kind of discernment. And and then we exercise godly rule out of that. That that this is what we've been invited into. This this is kingdom life, and we're meant. We are meant to. Um, I I could say matter. I don't I don't mean that in a we're important and take note here and I'm a big fellow here and whatever. I'm just saying. This is how we matter in the world Is for God, is by discerning what God is up to and what He wants and what His desires are, and then participating with Him in that, uh, in the choices we make in our relationships. And as we, uh, see what you think of this, as we administer the things that we are responsible for as stewards in the world. I think on that. Uh, if you're a parent, if you're an employer, if you're a pastor, whatever your responsibility is, and every last person here has some kind of responsibility. If it's just being an older sibling, that's a responsibility. That's for all the children. Um, This matter of we occupy space and we have responsibility, and this is where God's kingdom can be established in our lives. It's where we are. Uh, this, This is what it means to love God with all our heart, soul, and strength and to serve him where we are. So the goal, the goal of the church, and I've not participated in any conversations in this church for many years about the goal of the church, <laughs> so I'm speaking just myself here, I believe the goal, one goal of the church is to help people live in a surrender to Jesus Christ relationship in which they discern what the will of God is for themselves to start with in order to become a fully mature adult. And I just want to say, I've learned by now, uh, I am 66. Mm -hmm. Uh, I used to think when I was 20 that by the time I was 30, I'd be there and I'd be fully mature. And maybe then when I was 30, I thought I'd be 40. And uh, here's how it is. Uh, the truth of the matter is, you will spend your whole life becoming fully mature, and then, and then you will die in faith, and then God will complete your growth to maturity after that. All right, and that's okay. That is okay. That is how it is. <clears throat> but I'm not sure how God goes about all of this. If you um, if you delay too long beginning and working at becoming a mature adult. I'm just saying, this is the call in this life, is to, within our relationship with Christ, we, we seek to become, to one of the goals, become a fully mature adult who can, who can participate with God in, in the good work In the good intentions of the good God. In establishing God's reign of righteousness in the world. Within our space and with the people around us. And we do that by living a Jesus kind of life. A kingdom of God kind of life. That's how we do this. And we do it uh, right where we are. Now, God... I'm going to go back now and think a little bit about this kingdom. I believe that God established his kingdom at creation and of course, then it was undermined, but I I want to read a few verses here in Genesis 1 because they focus on this thing of our uh, dominion in the world. Uh, Genesis 1. and god blessed them and god said unto them be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth all right so this this is the introduction of uh, a universe that god created and the universe is god's kingdom and uh, and then God created Adam and Eve, and his purpose in creating Adam and Eve was, uh, well, one of them, was that they would represent him in the world, be in relationship with him, and co-rule, co-rule with God in the world. I said co-rule, have dominion but it's under God. It's participating with God in whatever it is he wants to have done with all this stuff he created. And so we bear the living image of the life-giving creator. And we, are, we have been given here in creation. Adam and Eve and all of us created in God's image have been given, given uh, dominion. Responsibility, where we are, and uh, just a little bit of a side note, but we all know there are good ways and bad ways to exercise dominion and when i When I talk about exercising authority i'm not I'm not talking about I think most of you know me well enough to know I'm not talking about some high-handed power mode where you holler at everybody in sight and you whip them into place and all this sort of thing. That's not what this is about. This is about exercising responsible, godly authority, dominion, where we are, and furthering the kingdom of God in that way. Now, uh, this includes... This includes, in this passage, it includes being a co-creator of life. This is about having children. Uh, That's one aspect of it, but of course there's a lot more to it than that. Uh, Right now I am milking cows. I suppose that makes some of you laugh to yourselves. I'm actually enjoying it quite a bit. I, uh, this first week I milk some, I milk almost every day in the afternoons. Uh, But it is rather fascinating to me, myself, evaluating myself as I do this thing. Uh, By the way, I have a very good boss. The good thing about this boss, his name is Glenn, is that he seems to care quite a bit about me, so he asks me how I'm doing, and he makes suggestions to me about how to do well at this job. But um, anyway, one one afternoon, about the, the second, maybe the second or third afternoon, he asked me how it was going. I said, well, I don't know. I mumbled around about something. And then he, uh, he said, uh, Daddy, I think you're too uptight. You're too uptight about this thing. What's, what's going on here? I said, well, I'm very slow. I used to be quite fast, actually. <laughs> And that's rather distressing to me that I'm so slow at this. And uh, he said, listen to me. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> He's the boss, you know. Yeah, I like that, too. It's okay. he said, you listen to me. He said, you, you just do this way. Let me show you how to get those cows uh, ready to put the milk on. If you do that, and you do it at the speed you can do it. And he said, "If that, if you do that and get them clean, you'll be fine." Well, here's what I noticed about myself: I cannot stand milking cows unless I am sure, 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 sure that they are clean when I put the milker on. That's one thing I discovered about myself: I cannot handle milking if, if I have in the back of my mind that anyway. Okay, that is about, for me, I think that has something to do with this thing of dominion. This is my space, and what's the right way to do this thing? And that is true about being a parent. By the way, he also asked me at one point, while we were milking together, what I think my mission, I forget, I think his mission is with the grandchildren, Because they were in there, too, you know, helping. And uh, anyway, I will not go into all of that. But I told him, I said, have you noticed the things I say to them? (laughs) I actually find myself exercising a little dominion over the grandchildren. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here's what he told me. Bless his heart. He said, you're a big boy with big pants. He said, just tell them what you got to say. I said, Yes, sir, thank you. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> I give them a few instructions very kindly, very, very respectfully. All right, this is all about dominion and authority. This is who are we and what's our place? Uh, of course, I'm older than some of you and I have more freedom. I, d- I doubt that you would tell my grandchildren the things I would, but that, that's fine. But where is your place? Can you exercise? Do you have the wisdom and understanding? This is what we seek for. We grow grow in understanding our place. Now, in creation, we're created to procreate. Uh, There's responsibility related to that. uh, We're created to co-rule. To be created in the image of God is, is, and I'm going to mention several things because it relates to this thing of how we, how we do the kingdom of God stuff. Uh, to be created in the image of God is to be created with a mind, a mind that thinks, can think what's true, can also think other things. We, we're created with a heart that can, it has a belonging capacity, can belong to God, can belong to others, and there are hindrances to both of those. Everybody has hindrances to belonging. Uh, they can be reduced, the hindrances, but all of us have them. Uh, we're created in the image of God with the ability to feel, and we feel many things, the ability to desire things, Um, feel and desire, hope, love, joy, patience, all various things. And we are created, our hearts are created with the capacity to believe, to trust, uh, to surrender to God. This is our hearts. We can also surrender to the devil. Uh, And that especially happens when we are selfish. And then we have choosing capacity. Which I've already talked about. We were created with bodies, and it is through our bodies that we live out. Our bodies are the instruments that we, we use to live out whatever we believe, whatever attitudes are, whatever we're thinking. This is our bodies. And then we have a social capacity, a uh, relationship. Now, uh, Adam and Eve this, I'm just being very abbreviated here. Adam and Eve sinned when they did not uh, keep their minds and hearts uh, in line with what God had commanded. That's when they sinned. That's how they sinned. They made a choice that went against what they knew their minds knew, their hearts knew their belonging relationship to Christ, they sin by going against, and this, this is the freedom we have, and th- this is where people sin. We don't keep our, our understanding of truth, we don't keep what we know God has commanded, we don't keep that in line, we make a choice that violates that. That's how, that's how people live outside the kingdom of God. Is is by selfish decisions, thoughtless decisions. Now, here here is uh, I've come to some conclusions as I went around the world. Here's one of my conclusions: <coughs> is that uh, many people today. It, it seems to me a little different than it was when I was. Uh, Maybe that's what everybody has always said, but I think when I was 16, 18, when I was in high school, uh, the way people got into trouble was smoke in the bathroom. All right? That's how they got in trouble, smoke in the bathroom. I want you to get that. That was about the worst thing you could do, smoke in the bathroom. All right? Nowadays, you get in trouble... With dope and uh, with drugs and alcohol, and I know there was alcohol then, but I'm saying shooting people in the hallway. I'm saying that we are way beyond, or way beyond in our culture, what it was when I was 16. I do believe that. It's different. And it's different because of at least this thing that. In general, I think the way, the way most people live, and even the way Christians live, too much. Whatever it is that feels like, feels like, it will make us feel good. Whatever it is that, pardon me, rows our boat, whatever it is that makes us feel good, That is the thing that people will do. It's like it does not matter what the consequences are. It doesn't matter what God's Word said. It doesn't matter what the Holy Spirit is saying. It's whatever whatever works. It's whatever feels good. Okay? That is not how you live in the kingdom of God. Are you following me? That's not the kingdom of God living. So I'm saying we have feelings, yes. We have desires, yes. And many of them are good. And you can sin out of good desires. You can by making wrong choices. So we've been created by God this way. Okay, the way way we do the kingdom of God thing is we turn toward God and we surrender to God. We, we have a relationship with Jesus and we discern within that what it is that God wants. The good news is that the kingdom of God is available to each of us within our relationship with Jesus, our personal relationship. Jesus is the kingdom and he brought the kingdom. He, he embodied the kingdom. And we can live a kingdom of God life because Jesus can occupy the same space that we did by the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants to live our life with us. And he wants to empower us. He wants to give us wisdom and understanding. Jesus is eternal. He's present in every event of everybody's history. All right, he's eternal. And eternal is not primarily about a length of time. It's a quality of life. It's a quality of life. And the the kingdom of God life, quality of life is available to us in Jesus. And the kingdom of God is, according to Romans 14, 17, righteousness, peace, and joy. And where these are, the kingdom is present. And is ruling. And so we enter into whatever is righteousness, peace, and joy. And I know it's more than that. But that's the way it's stated in Romans fourteen seventeen. The kingdom is at hand because Jesus is at hand. And wherever uh, Jesus is, which he is everywhere. <clears throat> and by the way, he's always with you even when you're mad. He's wanting to say something to you when you're mad. It's not necessarily wrong to be mad, all right? But uh, when you're mad, according to the Bible, you're supposed to do the right thing. When you're mad, you're supposed to do a kingdom of God thing. And that is, you're supposed to exercise righteous rule when you're mad. If you're mad, it ought to be about evil. It's right to be righteously indignant about evil, and then it's the right thing to do to do the righteous thing about it. Exercise uh, dominion and authority, and perhaps speak a word that interrupts evil. I'm just saying, uh, we we have our space, and we are present in an evil world, and. It's a call to understanding and wisdom, godly understanding and wisdom. So, Jesus died and rose again to establish his kingdom, and he is alive in the world today, and we have his word. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he is working to establish his kingdom, first of all, in our hearts. And this, this is the call, the invitation, the opportunity. And so, uh, yes, I want to say to each of us, uh, let's move out of the, um, mm, this doesn't feel quite fair because I don't, I haven't been around you people much. I'm just saying let's move out of the bench warming mode and move into the activity mode, the engagement mode in our lives, wherever we are, and the responsibilities we have. That uh, realizing that Christ is at work, he is present by the Holy Spirit, and he has intentions, good intentions, and things that he wants to happen in our world where we are. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that, that you haven't forgotten us. You've known all along who we are, and you have thoughts and feelings toward us, positive ones but righteous ones too. And you're always calling us into your kingdom and kingdom kingdom of righteousness, life. Uh, give us an understanding of your intentions, what you want to do, who you want to be, who you want us to be in you, where we are. I pray you'd bless each one here with this understanding, this view of life, and uh, show us how to follow you, trust you, choose, and exercise dominion in our space righteously under you, under your direction, and thank you, amen.